Okay, chapter 16, Restoring the Union. This is after the Civil War, and then there was the Reconstruction Plan. Okay, President Lincoln had a plan that was called the 10% Plan to restore the Union, but not to punish it. Now, this was meaning to pardon all Confederate soldiers below, I believe, the colonel rank. Okay? Now, this also means when you had 10% of that population for the state that would take the oath back to the United States, saying that they will be loyal, they would be allowed to participate in politics and programs and etc. again. This was not to punish, but this was to get the majority of the people behind. Most people thought since they did not own slaves, that they were fighting because they were told to or ordered to or lied to or whatever personal, everybody's uh, objectives would be different. This was then to design, once the state took 10% of the population, they took the oath, they would design a new state constitution, which would then again be for federal. Okay, For some of you that remember prior, you have... Confederacy, which means that they, there was a weak federal government, the states had more rights. Well, the radical Republicans in Washington, D.C. wanted the Confederacy to pay. And mainly you're talking about people like uh, the, what's called the Wade-Davis Bill, as you can see. Benjamin Wade and Henry Davis, both Republicans. Uh, Benjamin Wade being from Ohio, Henry Davis being from Maryland said they had to take an ironclad oath, and which means a uh, little more of the swearing in of what to the Constitution, to the President, to the Army, etc., and that you could not take partake in politics in the South. I mean, in other words, if you did not take that ironclad oath, you would not be allowed to run for any type of political government. Well, Lincoln thought this was a little too harsh, so he pocketed pocket vetoed it, which means you don't vote yes or no, you just put it in your pocket and you wait until basically time runs out, which is a smart way not to offend anyone. Uh, Abraham Lincoln's lurking for that 13th Amendment, which uh, abolished the slavery, and therefore, you know, he's still trying to ease the tensions within our own Washington, D.C., okay? And then the tragic event on April 14th, which was when Lincoln was assassinated by John Wilkes Booth. Okay, this is all once again in the readings. I'll let you do a little more research on that. And the nation's put in a little bit of a shock, especially those either that liked him or did not like him. It didn't really matter. It was a shock. Andrew Johnson is the one who becomes president next. He's following the orders, which was he's vice president. Now, he was a former slaveholder from Tennessee. Now, he opposed voting rights for freed slaves, which Lincoln wanted. And this is leading all up to this President versus the Congress showdown. It's going to be crucial into why Reconstruction basically failed. Okay? When you got these two factions fighting over who should control and who gets the final say. Many of us today could relate to this. Well... Andrew Johnson basically pardoned many former Confederate soldiers, and he returned their property to them. Now, except for a few high-ranking military people, that means he was not a, a, an aristocrat from that area, therefore he held a little bit of a grudge 
for people who were uh, landed aristocracy. Anyway, plantations with a tax value of basically over $20,000 at that time is, is what he was looking for. Now, Alexander Stevens was returned to call uh, Congress, which was from the South. Remember, he was the vice president of the Confederacy. And he was denied his seat by Congress because he came back and the president allowed it. And this is going to cause a lot of anger and tensions. This is going to continue that uh, huge fight between president and Congress and who should be in charge of Reconstruction and what should the rules be. Now, you can imagine if you lost family members, fathers, brothers, sons in the Confederacy or father, son, in the Union fighting for this, why someone should be allowed to come back or not to come back. You can imagine how tumultuous this time period would be. Okay, Now, Johnson, uh, by all accounts, is a stubborn, stubborn person. Okay, <laughs> So, you have this refuse to compromise at all costs. So now when you have Congress and this Reconstruction coming around, you know, everybody's trying to meddle with it or make sure that it's sabotaged or fail or trying to make it succeed or if it's someone else's plan. It's not even usually about the benefit of the people. It's over whose idea was and what you can try to do. Now, the Freedmen's Bureau, this is where they were going to have offers like land management, education, political rights to all the freed slaves. And this group was sent down to help. Now, this is going to be blacks and whites that will be taught, both male and female. Because remember, there were a lot of uneducated, uh, illiterate whites that were down there that had, were, were extremely poor. Well, this was supposed to help all of those who were not landed aristocracy. Now, they started with the focus on the white violence in the South, trying to, to limit. Because, as you have read, things were getting tense down there. You have those that say the freed slaves will never have the right, and you have you know, what the, the birth of a nation, okay? The movie that is basically the start of what's called the Ku Klux Klan, saying we are representing the natural order of things, okay? Now, these are things that have, st have been started since the, the, the time of slavery. I mean, to, to come up with the idea of how one person can own another, you've got to believe that it is justified religiously or politically or whatever it is, you justify it. So this, this takes a while to undo. And the Freedmen's Bureau was supposed to be more of about the education and the redistribution of, of uh, not the land itself, but more of the opportunities for it, for lack of a better word. <clears throat> But what you're going to have is basically Johnson, he vetoes the, the, the recharter of the Freedmen's Bureau. So it's basically going to collapse without even really getting a fair chance. Also, I remember most of the South did not trust any of the Northerners that came down. You're going to have all kinds of people coming down to make money and some of those coming down to help people. Now you're going to hear the terms, you know, scallywag, people from the South who turned and helped the Northerners. You're going to have carpet baggers because their suitcases were made of this carpet-type stuff that have come down, and they were here just to make some money. You have this trust issue going back and forth. So what does the South do? The South passes black codes. This is where states passed um, laws to keep the social and the economic separation as status quo, as it was before. 
where you have the free black could not vote, could not be in juries, could not carry weapons, could not own land. Well, this is kind of the, the antithesis of what Lincoln was hoping for, right? This is also trying to tie the, the, the former slaves back to the land. It's called economic slavery. You could be arrested for voting. You could be forced to work without pay. Well, that's called slavery. In other words, if you owed money, they would say, well, you got to work it off. But they made it so it was almost impossible to get enough money to pay off your, your debt or whatever. So therefore, it just continues into generational poverty, generational slavery, etc., which is exactly what its intent was. Now, Congress, though, extends the Freedmen's Bureau, which basically is an override of the veto. Once again, we have this contest, right? The South then responds with even stricter Jim Crow laws, okay? That will be the result. Congress then, up in Washington, D.C., 14th Amendment, you cannot deny a citizen the right to vote if he was born here. Now, a funny exception here, this did not apply to Native Americans, <laughs> even though they were the ones originally born here. But we'll get to that a little bit later, okay? Now, this is where Johnson tried to shoot down this 14th Amendment and where his reputation was most severely damaged because most people were saying if you were a citizen, okay, especially in the North, they're saying you should be allowed to vote. Now, of course, this does not apply to Native Americans and this does not apply to women, not yet, okay? Now, what we have is radical reconstruction. Reconstruction acts, martial laws imposed. That means military is in charge or is there to enforce. They had to ratify the 14th Amendment. The freedmen over 21 could vote. And then you could join the Union. Now, this is, this is a, a radical according to the South. Now, this is going to be the final showdown. This is where you're going to get the impeachment of Johnson. Now, they call... Now, once again, when you read these, you can come up with your own conclusions. That's what a college class is. You read, you decipher, you interpret. You verify your sources. Now, Johnson, being a white supremacist, put him up against Congress and uh, of equal rights. Now, first of all, Congress took command of the military from him. Because why, once again? Because the military was supposed to be down there enforcing laws, which is from Washington, D.C. If they are not, who is responsible? Well, the commander-in-chief. So Congress says, well, we'll take, uh, take that from you, and then we'll try to enforce some of these laws. They also passed a Tenure Act, okay, they then impeached the trial, and it was basically 35 to 19 in favor, and there was only one vote short of being a guilty verdict, okay? This was basically just enough to send a message saying, next time you go against us, you're out. Now, Johnson is basically going to be silent after that. He's not going to have much to stand on. He's not going to have much support. This is, though should be something that helps Freedmen's Bureau and etc. And we're going to, as you have read, I hope, realize that it still is going to lead to somewhat of a, a collapse. Okay? So, let's get into the 15th Amendment. 
The 15th Amendment said African Americans have the right to vote. And it did not include a literacy test or poll taxes. Now this is what the South exploits. You've got to have a literacy test. You've got to be able to read before you can vote. Now why is that important? Because most freed slaves could not read. It was forbidden to teach your slaves how to read. Now poll taxes, that means only the wealthy could vote. This also discriminates against the poor whites who are down there. So basically you get back to that landed aristocracy that controlled all politics and decision-making in the South. Now, there were, as in the North and the South, women's suffrage. There was the American Equal Rights Association. There is the, the things of Susan B. Anthony, the uh, Elizabeth Stanton, who the 15th, wanted the 15th uh, Amendment to go to all people. You have in 1869, they formed the National Women's Suffrage Association. Okay? Now, all of this, that you have this split within women's suffrage. Some women were in total support of, of freed slaves' rights. Some were saying we should work on getting women's rights, and then we should work on the slaves' rights. So you've got to have this, this whole idea, this whole unity, a show of force, okay, in solidarity. But now you've got the first of the votes that will come to black political achievements because in some of these countries, the, the African Americans outnumbered the whites in that area 10 to 1. So even if you have poll taxes, you're going to have, I mean, there's going to be some that can read. There's going to be some that can come up with the money. You can't deny them all. Now, if you've got Congress controlling the military, they can be there to support and say that's illegal or not illegal. These are stuff I want you to read and follow on what I have in the assignments, okay? Again, you have, by 1870, blacks have been elected into school boards, I guess governors, senators, congressmen, etc. Now, the very first few that were there, they, they took a seat, and but then, once again, we'll get to how things, they get pushed out. They get, well, there, that election wasn't, wasn't, wasn't right, or it was not counted correctly, and etc. But you got to realize that the freedmen were now vast majority Republicans, because that was the party of Abraham Lincoln who freed the slaves. Now, of course, the South was going to yell foul and say the greedy Northerners and blah blah blah. Now, this is part of it. This is the politics, especially in that area. Okay, and if you can't read or write, you got to listen to word of mouth. Now, the thing that affected probably the most. And this is <clears throat> D.W. Griffiths, as I mentioned before, Birth of a Nation. It came out in 1915, talking about how society as they know it will collapse because it is not as it was or should be, and this type of... This is the beginning of what we call the KKK. They believed they were here for the righteous. They were here to set things right according to God's judgment, or however, when you were reading this, you wish to interpret. This surged in membership towards the end of what we would call Reconstruction in this chapter. Okay? Why? Well, once again, it's winning. It was, for, it was forcing many of the African Americans not to be able to vote because of the taxes, because of intimidation, because of... This is getting on the winning team, the bandwagon if you want, 
Or some truly believe this is what? Now, when you're winning, you get to say, okay, join my organization. Once again, this is going to lead to the complete collapse of Reconstruction. Now, the KKK will basically use the fear to prevent this political, social, and economic equality that was so fearful. Black communities will form... Uh, something for a sense of protection, but if you're not even allowed to own weapons, how much protection do you have? Well, this is where you have different areas for different people. You have the segregation living in this area, that area, the old proverbial, you live on the wrong side of the tracks. This is where the train tracks would separate the town into one area to the other. And then you have the, the black communities that were saying, well, where is our promise? 40 acres and a mule that uh, was promised to us by during uh, the first the end of the Civil War, the first part of the Reconstruction. Well, Johnson basically shot that down and already had returned the land to the original owners. Now, many people could probably still go out west and try to form their own, but once again, if you don't have money to get a horse or a, 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 a covered wagon, or something, I mean, it's going to be a very lar, uh, long, arduous journey to get out there to get to the free land. And even when you get out there, are you going to be guaranteed you got the land? Well, so you're sort of stuck where you are. This is when the South comes up with a crop lien system, where you give, give them money and tools for a portion of your future harvest. Well, incredibly high interest rates, and people that, you know, and especially if you have a drought or locusts or a flood, rains to destroy your crops, you're never going to be able to pay these back. This basically leads into economic savings. So what do you do? You borrow more money. You borrow more money for seeds or tools or whatever. And you got to remember, these stores were at the local level. Because remember, this is 1800s. No such things as Walmarts and jump in the car and go. This is Everything was local. So everything was outrageously priced. You're also going to have, as from your readings, sharecropping which is along the same lines where you paid rent for the crops that you grow on someone else's property. But again, this, can you ever make enough to pay back for the seed and the tools and everything that you have and the land lease? You basically end up with a cycle of poverty that you had prior to, okay? Now back to this intimidation. Now how do you vote and get change? Why aren't you going to the Freedmen's Bureau? Well, it's starting to disappear. It's starting to collapse. Okay. You have, where's the military? Well, the military gets pulled other places. You've got ever-expanding westward right now. You have other issues throughout on the naval fronts. You have with Canada. You have, there's many other types of, of, of things to focus on, and the military is only so big. So when you have the KKK down there in around 1866, you've got uh, uh, Nathaniel Bedford Thorst, okay, is the leader. And you basically will use the, the fear and intimidation to just cement the status quo. Now, carpetbaggers, or our, our cues were moving down here, they would get their money and they would leave. Or some of them realized that they would be chased out or they were feared, they were afraid of their lives, for their lives. You're not going to have that. They're going to start to get the message of, you're not welcome here, don't trust them. And if a Southerner, a scallywag, who supported Reconstruction, they will also start to be intimidated. Now, you got U.S. Uh, 
Ulysses S. Grant, who's president, who investigated the Ku Klux Klan several times, but it was way too entrenched. They didn't get enough concrete evidence to, to really get rid of it. Now, the people were called redeemers. The, these are the white politicians who are wishing to undo the northern control in the southern states. These were because the, the freed slaves were now Republicans. Of course, they became Southern Democrats. Now, once again, we have Ulysses S. Grant as president, who has these problems to take care of. Reconstruction is already failing. But now we add numerous other problems. We have a financial panic. We have a split within the Republican Party, liberal and the radicals. Okay? You have so many scandals under Ulysses S. Grant. He himself was never convicted, but he seemed to have poor choice in friends. Many of his friends got caught up in these scandals. <clears throat> Things like the Whiskey Ring okay, and Union Pacific Railroad. Okay, The Whiskey Ring was where money came, uh, came up missing from all the whiskey tax. Uh, the Pacific Railroad was there was money used to build but they bought stock instead and increased the price of their stock, and they never really built. This would cause huge profit for those who owned it. On and on and on. Now, once again, U.S. Grant was not involved directly, but he seemed to have very poor taste in friends. This will lead to the Democrats resuming power in the South. And then, once again, up in the North, some people are starting with the Tweed Ring. This was in Chicago, of people who are controlling who votes and etc. And then you got Tammany Hall. All these, once again, are in the book, the reading. Okay? Check it out. Then you're going to have a small lull. Well, people are getting a little tired. Here's going to be the final nail in the coffin of Reconstruction. The election of 1876, where you have Rutherford Hayes versus Samuel Tilton. Hayes won, but it was contested. It was a, a, a hotly contested battle. So what happens is a compromise of 1877, as you see in your very last chapter in this section, or very last section in this chapter. The compromise worked out that Hayes will get to be president, but the South will be able to point jobs, especially for people in the South. Well, once again, this becomes the entrenchment of people who of like thinking. Now, most of these will be through the KKK membership, but once again, like birds of a feather, correct? If you believe this, then I will give you a job if you, and you keep the power within it. This also included money for infrastructure, roads, communications, and etc. Now remember, this is like beginnings of Morse code and etc., not like telephones today. Rail lines, roadways, canals, uh, ports, and most importantly for the end of Reconstruction was the federal troops will be withdrawn from the South. This means the last bastion of freedmen, former slaves, no longer have anywhere to go to to report crimes or intimidation or injustices because your local sheriffs, etc., are going to probably be in with the, the, the clan or light thinkers. And those that are from the north, well, they move back to the north. So now you're sort of left on your own. Hence the problems you're going to have. Now, there are numerous other ones you can write about. You can link them together. 
This is simply to help maybe to link some of this together and see what the instructor deems important from the exact same readings you just had. I hope this helps.